Welcome to the clan! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. This podcast exists because we want you to win, and leverage is the one thing that you're going to need. What is leverage? It's a, it's, a, it's a strategic advantage. It's the it power to <laughs> it's the power to do, to make things happen, and that, they're going to need to want you more than you want them. That's how you you're going to end up on a record label if that's what your goal is, and not be a ghost and not be put on ice. That's how you're going to get to the publishing company, and they're going to pay attention to you. So uh, that's why we called it the climb. C L I M B, creating leverage in the music business, and that piece of genius was created by my co-host and. Uh, hit songwriter, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is an uh, award-winning hit songwriter, not to be redundant, with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And he also helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then he'll get you in front of the pros so you can have an at-bat. And you can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They help you find your sound, and they help you grow your audience so you can become the artist that everybody loves, so you can get paid. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production singular with no S. There's no S because there's no other Johnny D. Hey, man, what's going on? We got a guest today. We do have a guest today. <laughs> Tell us. We we talked about him before. We I talked know. about him on a couple episodes now. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Climber. Friend of ours. Friend of ours. Uh, friend now. of mine. A friend of ours. Friend of ours now. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Mark Maxwell from the Louisville Crashers is here, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna dig into uh, uh, we're gonna dig into some really cool stuff about finding your value and perception and how important that is to up in your money and and doing what you're trying to set out to do, which is you know, make a living mm-hmm. as a songwriter. But before we get into that, yes, we got a little business to take care of. All right. Number one, uh, if you haven't joined the Climb community, please do so on Facebook. This is a great community. Yes, right? it is. Everybody's helping everybody else. It's pretty active. It's a beautiful thing. And getting more and more active all the time. Yes, it is. People ask questions. They get answers. Brent and I, I think we chime in on everything still, right? Try. Like for Try. the most part. Yeah. But, but you're going to find some good answers. There's a cocktail party. Well, That's right. Know. Without the cocktails, because it's on Facebook. It's but on Facebook, right. Anyway, uh, Not just, fall on your Facebook. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Search for the Climb community. Ask to be let in. We let everybody in. If you don't follow the rules, we will roadhouse you, but we'll give you a couple uh, couple scoldings first. So exactly. Just be good. Um, subscribe to the podcast. That way, it automatically comes into your podcast player every full episode on Tuesday and every mini-sode on Friday. Share this. If you like it, other people are going to like it. If it's valuable to you, it's going to make you cool turn somebody else on to it and they're mm-hmm. going to remember that so put it up on your socials let people know that we're legit and we got some good information here and then finally take 30 seconds and leave a rating and review uh, and let other people know who are thinking about dipping their toe in the water that it's that's it's worth safe. it to you it's safe water feels good we're in, the, we're in the trust tree we're in the trust tree <laughs> exactly right so um, alright well without further ado we want to introduce Mr. Mark Maxwell Mark how you doing? I'm doing great You, how are you guys? Everybody good? We're good man thanks excited for coming to be, joining us excited to be here it's, uh, I listen to you guys all the time maybe too much uh, <laughs> your wife would say that right? well my wife has said that actually uh, but yeah I listen to you guys a lot and I appreciate what you do um, especially just on the education part of 
uh, getting us to think as uh, artists uh, how to do what we're doing and how to you know, be better at it. So uh, I love everything you guys have done. So there it is. Right on. I've so turned so many people on to you guys. I'm being honest. I well, just you, you got to start listening thank to these guys because they they really are pushing um, what has to be done. Two things you 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 got to be you got to be worth the damn. You, yep. <laughs> yes. you, so you got to work at your craft. Mm-hmm. And two is you've got to know how to promote yourself and how to get people to understand that you're an entity. Uh, mm-hmm. And you, you've got to figure out how to build your team, like with guys like you, mm-hmm. uh, to uh, you know to really maximize what you're doing. I mean, a lot of people don't have a clue of what they're doing out there. And so yep. Yep. with you guys, it just you can make a lot of sense of what they're doing. And I love that. So well, thank well, you thank for you. that. Yes. I, I appreciate that. And, and I mean, seven dollars. Even in the exactly. industry. Well worth it. Even in the industry, you know, people because it's such a paradigm shift it was with specific regards to the marketing of it, that uh, that that's it's no secret. The music industry was $75 billion a year in sales. It's shrunk to $15 billion a year in sales. Mm-hmm. It's an 80% decline in the cash flow of the industry. That's a big, big deal. Mm-hmm. There it is. The, the game shifted, and everybody's trying to scramble to figure out how to put it together. And we know we know how it's going to shake out. Not because we're real smart, not because we've got a crystal ball, but because I think the music industry is the last really, really large industry that is going through trying to adapt to the disruption of the internet. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening. And I think also, I, I think a, a previous of the shift that, that started to happen over the last several years, um, you know, it was, a, to me, it was a lot easier uh, at one point. And I don't, I think it's just harder now. So you have to love what you're doing. Oh, you know, yeah. you, yeah. you 100% have to just be sold out that this is who I am and this is what I do. If you're mm-hmm. a songwriter, if you're a singer, if you're uh, you know, you're a band, whatever you are in this music industry, uh, you, you've got to, you just got to love it 100%. And you have to also make a move every day. Yeah. In other words, mm-hmm. I think that people... I like that, I'm going to steal that. Make a move every day. Let me tell you this. Yeah. There's one thing that, and really with all the shift that happened, our band that we have, the Louisville Crashers, we made a decision several years ago that since everything was going kind of crazy, let's try to do something our own way. And we designed this plan of that you know, there are six guys in our band and everybody has a job in our band mm-hmm. and everybody has to make a move, one move every day. Mm-hmm. So if you do one thing a day, mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying? Yep. To push your career or push your band or push whatever it is your goal is, if you do something every day, um, and it, some things take you a minute, you know, yep. some mm-hmm. things take you an hour, something takes you a few hours, some take, take all day, but one thing every day, that ball, and then you build a team oh, yeah. of guys like you, and then that ball starts rolling. That's right. And mm-hmm. soon it's going to get so fast that you're going to go, wow, what, yeah. what happened? Well, because yeah. you got six guys in the band, so that's six things happening every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that, that that was what we did when we kind of decided, hey, this, you know, we want to be uh, an entity. We really want to make something happen. And we knew we couldn't really depend on much of many people around us. So let's all get in this band. Let's all push in the same direction. We'll know what our goal was. Mm-hmm. And let's all educate ourselves. That's how really I started finding you guys. Mm-hmm. Is because, Looking for an education. Are you kidding me? Yes, because you have to know. You, what you, you just, don't know. What you don't yeah. know. And so as you start to find out, and you, I, this is my favorite podcast. 
there are a lot of podcasts out and I've listened to a lot and I read a lot and I look on the internet a lot so I'm always searching to try to you know and then I'll I'll pass it off to the people on our team that is their area you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. hey man this is a better way to get a gig mm-hmm. this is a better way for us to push our social media this is a better way to, for our website to work so all these guys in the band this is a better some you know we have a banker one of our guys mm-hmm. is our banker and so you know here's a better way to do something with our money so we're always kind of shoving this stuff back and forth um, and and your podcast we share like well even if everybody's listening to it in the band we'll still go hey you gotta listen to this today because there's always something, something in came it. up yeah, it's yeah. that one little thing that you go we ought to probably try this for the next six months and see how this goes that's one thing I think that all of us at least in this band we don't think we know but we're certainly willing to allow somebody who's been through it or doing it now, like you guys, to advise us. You know yeah, what I'm saying? You're willing to consider it. We are. Yeah. And not only that, so as we consider it, we'll even try it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we'll keep trying it until we finally either go, man, that was awesome, great advice, and we should take more advice from these guys, mm-hmm. or two, that didn't work for us. And uh, but most things do. You know why? Because if it worked for you to a certain degree, mm-hmm. it can mm-hmm. work for me. Yep. Yeah. Um, when we built the band, too, you know, our band's a different kind of thing. What's going on right now with our band? But uh, when we built the band, we researched people who were doing the same thing that we were doing. Mm-hmm. And for the listeners out there, can you kind of explain a little bit what it is that the band is doing? To kind of okay. So the is? band. I needed a They're vehicle. awesome. They, first of all. I've seen them live. They're freaking awesome. Like, they're really good. That's coming from me. Like straight up there. Mm-hmm. I was. I just had the best time watching them. So well, thank you. Yeah, we have fun. There's no doubt about it. Um, when we decided to do this, I I said let's try to build a band that would be the biggest draw in our area. And so that's the, Louisville. Louisville area. Mm-hmm. So about a hundred mile radius. Let's be the biggest draw so that everybody wants to come and see us play. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You play all the songs that everybody wants. Yep. So what? Yes, we do. So no matter what. It's about the listener? It is. <laughs> Isn't that a funny it's thing? It's not about you and your emotional journey? No. <laughs> I, it, you know, when I was really young, yes. But but then I realized, wait a minute, I I want to be the most popular band anywhere around here. Mm-hmm. So why don't we just do whatever anybody wants? So I'd literally be in grocery stores and going, hey, I play in a band. What are your favorite songs of all time? Oh, I love Justin Timberlake, or I love Travis Tritt, or... I love whoever it'd be. I mean, literally, I would ask these questions and people would say, and I'd say, well, hey, my band's going to be playing in two weeks mm-hmm. from now. Come see us. We'll play one of those songs for you. What's your name? And then, you know, Johnny or Billy or Bobby or Amy or whoever it was that said the song, I called them out on stage. Hey, this next song goes out to Scott. Saw him at the gas station down the street here. He wanted to hear this song. It's about them. Mm-hmm. It is about the listener. It's, it's super cool. I, I gotta tell you, yeah. this the song list is like sick. Like, they'll go into like Double Vision from Foreigner. Mm-hmm. They'll open up the set and then pop into like uh, Uptown Funk mm-hmm. and then pop over to, to a Luke Bryan song or something. And it's just like, man, like this is awesome. Like there's just yeah. a little something for everybody in there. Mm-hmm. You know? There was, that's and that's good. why. Uh, I mean, literally, we we play in five thousand or seventy five hundred people will show up and watch us play. That's yeah. awesome. And and it's and it's because we've been really good to them. 
And so mm. our set list, we started off with the set list and kind of put a set list together. And the goal of this thing was to draw the most people. How do you do that? You play the songs they want. Mm-hmm. The second thing after that was, um, how do you make people feel, at least the people who are booking you, that you're worth something? And this is the value part of this. We priced ourselves three times more than kind of the bigger bands in town. So we started at a very high rate and we sent out this thing to say, hey, we're the Louisville Crashers on email to all the clubs, to every Mm -hmm. place in town. We'd love to play your venue. Hit us up. Here's our website. Now our website, we really weren't even a real band yet, but we had a killer (laughs) picture. We had a killer set list and we had cut a killer demo, right? Right. So Mm -hmm. you looked at it, it was just like, wow, these guys, this is great. This is a great product. Well, we really couldn't even do a show right then. But we'd priced <laughs> ourselves out of the market so much that everyone said no. So they literally, and my guys were so mad at me because they were kind of like, hey, why don't we go play this? We're, they're offering us half the money. Mm-hmm. I said, why? Yeah. Because as soon as you allow somebody to, um, I said, let's just keep getting better. And so we were doing rehearsals and working on the craft of that while building the business and the perception of our community was that this band must be fantastic because one, they cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And anything that you see that costs a lot of money, you think is great. Yep. I was at a, a clothing store yesterday. Jacket was 350 bucks. I was like, that must be an amazing, that's an amazing jacket. <laughs> <laughs> that's an amazing jacket. I can buy one for $10 down the street, but still, it was something about that jacket that prestige. I'm still thinking about. It's called prestige pricing. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, but listen, then you can't just be that price and not go out there. And once you do go, you better deliver. You, you better, better deliver. Yeah. So we worked really hard in our rehearsals doing things that most bands wouldn't do. I mean, if you're in a band right now, I'll challenge some people right now. Go to rehearsal tonight, play a whole set with never looking at your instrument. So we would do things like we would rehearse in rehearsal with our heads up, playing, hitting the wrong notes, sounding like absolute crap for weeks and weeks and weeks so that our head would be up most of the time connected to whom? The audience. The audience. So we did a lot of things in the stage room that most bands would never try or never think about. So we did that. We also had this little five-point system where you'd be on the band would be on stage in any song. You had to move five spots during that song. Hmm. So here we are, six guys looking like a bunch of idiots running into each other's at rehearsal. But after a while, it became this flow. Yeah. So uh-huh. we were working on the craft of being a very good dynamic band, knowing when to bring it down and knowing how to sell it so that when... You know, my dad always said that with music, there's all these, these there's hills and valleys, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if, if indeed you're playing a song and you... If you're just this big loud thing happening all the time, yeah. you're you're in trouble. You're, mm-hmm. you're going to lose your listener. You know, yeah. I, you know, a normal person will listen to your band for about 20, 25 minutes before they start talking to the girl next to them, or, or drinking their beer, or talking with their friends. Our goal was how do we keep them engaged for our at least our first set? You know, mm-hmm. how do we from the second we walked on stage, we knew the first twenty minutes they're going to probably give us their time, but how are we going to really? really get them to you have to earn it beyond that that's it and so we did a lot of things with our band that uh, I don't know that uh, I think most bands and most people should do I don't care who you are I think you should value yourself which means you price yourself higher than most people Mm -hmm. I think that we did exactly what the people wanted 
And after a while, when we knew what they wanted, it was much easier to do uh, and, and much easier to keep the crowd. Um, and so, and we're very, you know, as a singer, my job is to keep you entertained mm-hmm. and to get Brent here to sing along with me. Mm-hmm. So, so that they become the star yeah. in the crowd, mm-hmm. not me singing the song. So when you stop, this is the key to it. When you realize that this is not about you, the musician, it's about your audience, you'll win. Yeah, then you'll start asking the right questions and you'll start getting the right answers. You will. Mm -hmm. And so I think we just stepped back and had enough time before we even got our first gig that one, we were ready. We were literally ready for anything anybody was going to throw at us. And two is we valued ourselves so much that by the time we did get our first gig, we made sure, of course, we packed the place. So that that guy immediately got done who had just paid us a large sum of money and said, hey, can we do this again? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, if I went in and I booked my band for $300 and I played that gig, right, six guys, $300, $50 a piece, what would he want to pay us, even if we packed the place? Yeah. Would he want to give us double that? No. 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 Yeah. It's a hard road to climb. It is a hard road to climb. So I I thought, well, why, why not just try this on the front side of it? Let's value this band as a lot of money. Let's make it worth it. And then when and we, we kind of marketed ourselves so people kind of got a buzz that we were a band, but no one had ever seen us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was that mystique a little bit, too. And by the time we did, we had invited everybody from our grandmas and aunts and uncles and brothers mm-hmm. and everybody we'd ever met yeah. to show up to this gig. We killed it. It was a great night. And it was all about the people, so they felt that, which means they're going to show up next time, and mm-hmm. they're going to bring all their friends with them, and it, and it snowballed. And that's what happened. That's what happened. So, so I want to dig into that for a little bit. Hold on a second. So first of all, man, when when I was an artist and we were touring, that's what we were doing. We were doing covers, and then but we were trying to do the artist thing, sure. right? Mm-hmm. And but that's how we were making a living, right? right. So we would uh, at that time the club scene was happening, and so we had that set list that was just keeping the dancers dancing, and then we'd plug in one of our songs. Nobody knew. I mean, the, the, the rule of the club was they had some percentage of. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. 
you know, originals that you could do. Mm-hmm. And we didn't care. We just, like, as long as we kept them out on the dance floor, the club didn't care, and they yeah. didn't know it was an original. Sure. Keep them yeah. counting money, they won't be counting your percentage. Exactly. Of you know, yeah. and they're not, they're not looking for a reason to dig into it. So the whole, I mean, some people are going to turn their nose up at this because it's a cover thing, but it's, man, like, you guys. Are- I did, listen, I did this for a reason. I had to have a day job. Mm-hmm. So that I could survive and pay my my rent and 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 feed my kids and whatever it was that I had to do. Any of us, we had to have our day jobs, right? right? And I would think most listeners out there have some kind of job mm-hmm. that pays them money. Mm-hmm. Well, at the end of the day, I realized I didn't have much money to do what I loved to do, which was write songs and record songs, mm-hmm. right? That's what I really wanted to do, and so I didn't have the money to do that, and I didn't have an investor and no one to really invest in us. So I said, well. I, I've got this day job and it's serving its purpose to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Well, what if I could build something else that was a secondary job that brought a lot of money in so that I could take that money and dump it into what is my passion, which is writing songs and recording songs, right? Mm-hmm. So what if I could do that? So I was trying to find a way to solve my problem because I had, in previous years, I hadn't really, I had written a lot, but I hadn't really recorded a lot because it costs money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I, you don't have an investor to do so, where are you going to get the money? Yeah. And so that was my whole thing of this was a solving of this. One is I can build this entire crowd of people who will show up and see the band. Now they trust us a lot. Yeah. yeah. And so any song we want to put out there or, hey, here's our new CD, they buy it. Yeah. They they love our band. We love them as a as a as a as a crowd and it it just keeps growing and the thing keeps getting bigger and we're we're going further out. You know, this for me this wasn't about being a rock star. This was about that I love to write songs and record songs. And yes, am I pitching songs? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Am I trying to make things happen uh, uh, through my songwriting? Absolutely. Uh, but I had to have a vehicle. Mm-hmm. And so I figured that... And it makes some extra money. It, it was. Yeah. It was to make some extra money. And I, and my whole... You know, I always... I work... I, I didn't want to do something that was non-musical. Right. Yeah. So how do I build a product that actually is going to work? And it, and it did exactly what it was supposed to do. And three and a half years later, we were playing Super Bowl. Sick. No kidding. In Indianapolis, <laughs> we, we played... Wow. Listen, because we were because we were such a fun band... Because we became fun because it wasn't about us. It was about the mm-hmm. crowd. So we got very involved in getting the crowd to sing along, bring them up playing cowbells on stage, yeah. throwing mm-hmm. out tambourines. Like every show we threw out something with our, our name on it. You know, it was a tambourine. It was a shaker. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. these people got this. We, we brought a party. We brought a party. It was a fun thing. And so we had played a wedding and somebody from NBC at the Chicago office, saw us there, called New York and said, you have to have this band play our Super Bowl party. So as the stars walked in, we were playing for all the stars. That's wow. it. It was sick. <laughs> uh, so, but a lot of things have happened like that because we created this really cool thing. Now I have a very popular band that is fun and I like everybody in it. <laughs> You know yeah, what I'm saying? We're all friends. Yeah. Yeah. Just like you guys have turned out to be incredibly good friends mm-hmm. and the fact that you do something great together that helps other people. I feel like our band helps people through their crappy work week. Because on Friday night, this Friday night, you can come watch our band and I'll promise you, you'll forget everything that happened in the past week. Now, I can't tell you when we're done at the end of the night that you're not going to go back to those feelings. But for a moment, I'm like, we're like a really good movie. Yeah. That mm-hmm. for two hours, 
takes you away and you have a really fun time. We get paid really well. I get to take that money and invest it back in what I want to invest it in, which is being a songwriter. See, I love that. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the different job descriptions that everybody has in the band. Okay, so uh, one guy is our social media guy. Mm -hmm. So any kind of Instagram, Twitter, Facebook stuff, he handles. And I always think it's good to have somebody who has a little bit of a sense of humor to mm -hmm. do that. So uh, this guy has a unique sense of humor and we like what he does. Mm -hmm. So that was his job from day one. We have a banker who deals with uh, any kind of finances. So we have a truck, we have all this gear, we have, uh, we have a crew of people. Cool thing is too is that we laid out this five-year plan and I, one of the things were, was that we didn't want to set up our own gear. <laughs> so we wanted to walk up on stage 15 minutes before, put our ears in, and play. <laughs> and that's what we do. So we have a four-person crew. So that took time to build up to, but <laughs> it was one of the goals, and we reached that goal. So every goal we've set, we got to. <laughs> Just because we made a plan. It was like, how do we reverse engineer the plan and figure out what <laughs> happened? So we have a banker guy who takes care of all the money, pays everybody. I never have to worry about the money. He always sends us a spreadsheet. Here's what we're making. Here's what we've made. Here's where we're putting it. We have um, we have one guy who takes care of all everything on our website. So mm -hmm. our, uh, anything that has to do with our website, and he also does our email blasts. Okay. So uh, he takes care of every anybody's emails that we can possibly gather. Um, uh, my brother takes care of any kind of wedding stuff. I, I'm not a big wedding guy. I don't. And, but we've played some. I mean, Jennifer Lawrence has been at weddings that we've played. I mean, we play some big weddings. You know? mm -hmm. So we kind of do the upper crust stuff. Uh, so my brother takes care of booking for that. I take care of all of our private shows, meaning corporate shows. Mm -hmm. So we do some corporation stuff. Like we play for Papa John's in Colorado for three days. Uh, so we fly out and do three nights with them. We don't do much out of town. N 96% of our shows right in there is is in uh, around town because mm -hmm. everybody has day jobs yeah. we have to to survive <clears throat> life and um, so but we'll go out of town every once in a while and play some some corporate events uh, and then I do the public events and public events are harder because at the price where we started we started at $1,500 a night mm -hmm. and that was that was that was three to five times more than most bands in our town mm -hmm. at 1500 mm -hmm. The, the next year, the last quarter of the year, we just sent out emails to everybody that had said no to us and said, hey, listen, we're raising our price for next year. <laughs> and even the people that said yes, but if you book us from October to December for any dates for next year, you get them at last year's prices. There you go. Mm -hmm. Then we went to 3500 Then we went to five grand. And so now on Friday nights, we're $5,500. On Saturday nights, we're $6,500. Unless it's going to be a big outdoor event, and then we're $7,500 to twelve five. And then New Year's is twenty thousand. Sick. <laughs> and, and here's the thing: we play all the crappy songs that nobody wants to play. So when people say play Brown Eyed Girl, we're the first band to do so. We do a great job of it. We have fun, and we get everybody to sing along. It becomes a party. And at the end of the night, they hand us a big fat check, and we get to do what we want with it. Everybody's See, it's about happy. the perception, man. So this is this is huge because I think a lot of players are out there, a lot of bands are out there, and they just want to play a lot. Right, and so they're not thinking about sort of wearing out the brand in the market. And they do. And they do. That happens I mean, a lot. Look, you could bring you could bring Adele in, mm -hmm. and if she was playing at your corner pub every week, pretty soon you get to the point where, eh, I'll catch her next week. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. If, I, if it was my favorite band of all time, whoever that be, I, I, I would not want to see them if they played too much. Yeah. So you have to be careful with your schedule. It, it, be wear, it, would, it would wear out. And so the uh, I remember, like, I, I've, I've told this story many times when we kind of first signed that regional booking agency deal. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, Hurricane Alice saw us in Milwaukee. We opened it for them. And we went back to Minneapolis to open up for them. That was like a whole new world. We didn't know what was going on up there. But those guys would do one show. Now, this was a completely original show, so they were putting themselves off like a, like a, um, in town, like a completely original band, like a, like a mm-hmm. national act that hadn't made it yet. And they would, um, the, uh, they would go out on the road sometimes, do a road sit, and they would do covers. Mm-hmm. But in town, they played once, three times a year, maybe. And it would be... Uh, uh, 2,500 people there, national sound and lights. Like, it was a big freaking deal. It was a mm-hmm. party, and it was going to be awesome. You know what I'm saying? So it, that was that – was the, they were controlling the perception there, you know? We sure. did something similar with Jacob Cade. So I started working with Jacob Cade, and he was doing – uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't playing every weekend, but he was probably playing too much, just as Jacob Cade, and, and we were trying to build up that brand a little bit. Um, this was even before – we got him with Michael Wagner to produce the record. The, um, but he, so he had relationships with the clubs, that's number one, so mm-hmm. he knew everybody. They liked him, he probably had about 150 people that would come out and see him. But I said, first thing we're gonna do is just stop all the gigs, and I only want you playing in front of Lots national of act. Sure, yeah, because that's a big, that's already a, a built-in crowd. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, sure. the, that's, that was the thinking, believe it or not, we outdrew a couple of them, okay? Wow. Because, which was weird, yeah. right? Yeah. But, um, but still, I, I, I would percentage-wise, I'm gonna get much better production, sound and lights. Right, mm-hmm. it's gonna sound bigger. They're gonna bring in some extra stuff for that national act, and people are gonna to start to see him as a national act because they're gonna equate him with a national act, mm-hmm. you know. And now, I mean, we built that up to him opening up for Steel Panther. That was 3,500 people. They right. sold out mm-hmm. to Fillmore. Crazy man, I love the, it. The, now the radio stations in love with them. We're getting spun there, yeah. and so we've got the whole town coming around. And I promise you, this this is this will be maybe two years or two and a half years. By the end of this year, because the second single is about to come out, they're going to spin the fire out of that. There, he'll be able to sell out the the rock club in Denver. Yeah, yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. You know, here's the thing too: if 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 you want to play. And that's something bands want to play. Mm-hmm. Go find a go find a pizza joint in your town. I'm being honest about this. I did this once. Go to the, go to a pizza place and say, "What's your worst night?" Yeah. Make it a big place, right? Mm-hmm. What's your worst night? Oh man, Tuesday night's your worst night. Play every Tuesday night at that place. Yeah. Play it for pizza and beer for all I care. Just don't tell anybody else because what you want is you want if you want to build your crowd and you want to do it that way, that's fine. But don't go try to play everywhere. Don't tell everybody you're one hundred and fifty dollars to play tonight, or five hundred dollars, or you know seven hundred fifty right. bucks. Be nothing at one place. Draw it. Pack everybody in there, and then invite every club owner in town to come watch it. There you go. They see a and, line around the corner. They see it. Absolutely. Well, what's it going to take to get you over here? I don't know if you want to afford us. That's and, my right. favorite that's answer. A, that's a, that's a, <laughs> I, I just, I just say we're a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. People ask all the time, well, what do you, how much do you guys? And I go, we're a lot of money. Yeah. Because there are lots of bands you can get cheaper than us. You're not going to get anybody better. And yeah. you're not going to have any more fun mm-hmm. than you will with our band. And most of the time, I, we can't, we never guarantee that we're going to draw a crowd. But you draw a crowd. They know because they're, they're there. It's yeah. crazy. I mean, there's. Now, my, my question, and I'm glad you talked about like the pizza place thing, because you, you guys have all had other gigs before. There's not your first band. Yeah, absolutely. Right, your first radio. Sure. If you're starting out, though, you got to, I mean, and this is coming from a lyricist who've never been in a band. Um, 
you got to log some hours on stage to learn that to be skill good at set. It. Sure, absolutely. And you do. So, I mean, I don't want people thinking like, okay, I'm about to start a band, my first one, and we're going to hold out for thirty five hundred bucks a night, and we're just going to sit in the garage or in the living room, and then we'll be ready. Yeah. What's your What are your thoughts on that? No, I no, I, I think I think you should. Uh, I think that with the right direction, and, and so by listening to you guys to understanding value, to understanding perception of how people work. You do have to, before you step out, I think you ought to be really good at what you do. Yeah. You know, the Tom, what's, who's the guy that does the stage stuff? That Tom you, Jackson. Tom Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, watch some of his stuff on YouTube. He will teach you a lot about being an entertainer. And, and, and but yeah, find a little, if you gotta play, and you wanna play, and mm-hmm. you wanna log those that time. Uh, my dad always said that to me. He said, just go find a little place, do your Tuesday night thing, and if one person's there, fine. But after a while, if you figure this thing out, one is being very kind to the people who come to see you, mm-hmm. knowing that it's all about them. L- let me tell you this. We would be playing a gig, and I would say, hey, listen, any songs you want, just write them down, put them on a napkin. So they'd send them to the front of the stage. You want to talk about perception. So they, I'd say, just send them up on the front of the stage. Mm-hmm. So they'd write down the songs. I'd pick them all up. I'd be looking through them. All these songs, we couldn't play one of them, <laughs> right? But that was the song list we were going to build off of. Is because here mm-hmm. all these people had already said this, and we had usually seen those songs multiple times, right? Mm-hmm. right? Uh, oh, well, they everybody wants to hear this song, so let's eventually learn this. But what I would do is I'd go, hey, this next song goes out to Sally, and I'd point out, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. she was in the crowd, <laughs> right? I'd say this next song goes out to pa- to, to, to Sally. I went to high school with her. Now, I was playing that song for Sally, and I did go to high school with her, mm-hmm. but she wasn't in the crowd. She just wasn't where you were pointing. Yeah. Not in that general direction. <laughs> not on the stage. Then, yeah, then I would go like this. I would go, this next one goes out to John, and uh, we'd play a song, and I had been pointing at the John, the, the, the actual toilets. So that was, I was pointing towards the bathrooms. This one, next song goes out to John. I wasn't lying. I was playing it for John, <laughs> just not John in the crowd. Yeah. And, 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 or if I saw somebody in the crowd, I'd say, hey, this next one goes out to Scott. Uh, you know, he wanted to hear the song. And, uh, and so the kind of perception of stage stuff, too, mm-hmm. um, is very important because you, 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 know, you want to learn to, um, you want them to have a fun time. Yeah. And At it's... the end of the day, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they are your customer, your audience, and, and you want them to enjoy themselves. It ain't about you. That's right. what I can tell you. It ain't about the artist that's on that stage. It's just not. Yeah. And, I, and I can tell you this, like every single artist that you know, that you love, that made you want to become an artist because they have an incredible record out that changed your life forever, started out doing covers. Yeah. Van Halen used to do, you know, running with the double because they didn't want to use devil when they were playing weddings. <laughs> Bad. So they said running yeah. with the double. Hey, listen, this yeah. isn't for everybody. What I'm doing is not for everybody. Matter of fact, I have spent some time in Nashville the last couple of days and I have been wondering how I would play my hand here in a mm. different way. Mm-hmm. I think I would find a little place that. Uh, maybe had a little stage and a little PA that was dark on a night. Mm-hmm. In other words, that they really didn't have entertainment because they w- couldn't afford it and not enough mm-hmm. people showed up, but they were still open. And you could actually go and own that room. And then you could really build up, one, your chops on stage, mm-hmm. and two is you could play You could play and grow a crowd. Now, like I said, it's hard for, for you to even get up on stage and play your own music and them to really love it. Yeah. That's a hard thing to do, mm-hmm. but... Man, if you can if you can play what they like, and then throw your stuff in, 
eventually it can be all you. It can be only your songs. I did that in my previous band. We started off as an original band and no one wanted to see us. Mm -hmm. So we started learning covers and people started showing up and we'd throw a cover, an original song every once in a while. And then it got to the point, I'll remember the day that we turned to each other and said, our on, we had played a full cover, I mean, full original show and, and the place was packed. And usually we come back with uh, 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 Rick Derringer's song. What was that song? Uh, uh, rock and roll Rock's hoochie coo was, yeah. was our, our, our kind of a uh, you know our encore kind of vibe yeah. Yeah. and uh, I just turned and said hey we're going to do one of our songs and no one knew the difference because they were already in our boat because you built mm -hmm. the hustle they we liked did we yeah. took a long time to do so I, I want I just it's amazing because I want people to value that they have something that most people have set in your room for a long time to become very good at singing or playing their guitar or being a band and you've worked really hard and now it, you want to go out and you want to figure out how to make money with this thing and that's what we did and and uh, I, I'm, I'm very proud of what we're doing and again it's now paying for me to do what I really really want to do mm -hmm. there you go sage advice guys all right well that brings us to the end of another uh, killer climb episode um, louisvillecrashers.com the com or thecrashers.com either one reaches uh, us there the Louisville Crashers Facebook um, check us out yeah you get some awesome. video on there if you're up in Louisville check them out because it's a really fun yeah, show and, family and if anybody has questions <laughs> for me as far as how to do kind of this stuff mm -hmm. I'll be glad just just can they hit up you and you'll send them to me? Sure, right? I can do that. Info at daredevilproduction.com. Make that happen. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, hey, if you need... Um you know, if you need any kind of personal direction on what you what you got going on, because it's always kind of a customizable thing, just reach out to us. Put uh, at info at daredevilproduction.com, put consulting in the subject line, and we'll be happy to set aside some time, give you some coaching, and try to craft something up to make that work. Uh, I did, uh, let me one more thing. Mm -hmm. I don't like either one of you, <laughs> <laughs> but man, have you guys helped me? Thanks. And Thanks. so <laughs> I, I want to say Thanks. that anybody out there, these two guys are gonna help you there you go thanks so much all right guys well join the climb community on facebook make sure you share this if uh, if it works for you to work for other people take 30 seconds leave a rating and review and subscribe to the podcast this podcast exists because we want you to win so keep on climbing and we'll see you at the top It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at fantasy points. Fantasypoints.com code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.